0: From Glitch HQ on Riverside Avenue in safe, subtle Minneapolis, this is Nice Games Club, the show where nice game devs talk gaming and game development.
1: I'm Martha McGarry, and I make nice games.
0: I'm Stephen McGregor, and I make nice games. And I'm Martha Croy, I too make nice games. For this week's episode, our topics are hub worlds and safe houses and environmental storytelling. And so, if everyone's ready, let's start.
1: welcome back from pax
2: yes oh yeah that was me i'm from pax (laughs) seattle Mm y'all i didn't go see any of seattle really i was just at pax most of the time yeah which was fine because i saw reggie and he saw me (laughs) and so we have a mutual understanding (laughs) (laughs) i mean probably not maybe he remembers my face i was joking that like you know how like if People apparently in your dreams, everybody you see in your dreams are people you've seen at least once in life. He'll like see me in my dreams, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah. This got creepier than I thought it would be, Uh, (laughs) but yeah, PAX was great. Um, We showed off Treasure Stack and uh, it went really well. Um, Nintendo like handled everything for us, which is wonderful. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, like, we just had to show up and talk about the game, and I got to play Smash for a whole 30 minutes. Where other people were in line for five hours, apparently, to play like two rounds of it. Yeah. Which is what? Just a couple minutes. Yeah, basically.
0: I don't really know how Smash works.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't very long. It was like five, ten minutes.
0: Right. Um, But you got to sit in front. And this was just because you were on the show floor before they opened. Right. Exactly. Yep. And they had it open. I was like, well,
2: can I I play? And they're like, yeah. And I was like, (laughs) we got you. (laughs) Yep. Yep. It was cool. I met uh, Nintendo people and stuff. Mm -hmm. Nintendo served me drinks. That was also weird. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah, I, I had a really good time. It was really fun. Nice. Yeah. Also, we have a, a, a
0: locally made game released. Woo, 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 woo. Yeah. Uh, Optica is out. Optica made by uh, Gravik yes. and published by Glitch. Yes. Uh, it's the first game that Glitch has published. It's on iOS and Android. It's a, a mobile puzzle game. It's super, super good. It is very mm-hmm. good. I tore through the whole thing, I aced all 70 puzzles. Dang. I'm in love with this yeah. game, and it's so good. And um, it's this great. Um, A perspective puzzle. You need to match up um, uh, two. uh, uh, Just that you make a line between two points Mm -hmm. uh, uh, around the surfaces of of sort of cuboid uh, objects that are all put together. Kind of like think of like the Cubert stage. It's like you draw across there. But the twist is, is that there's these little sliders that then change the perspective and it's sort of optical illusion style. So you can, uh, uh, it, it's great. Uh, just uh, check it out, uh, mm-hmm. Optica. Um, we'll put the link in the show notes. Yes. Uh, or you can just search for it on iOS or Android. Yeah. Um, it's out and I play it. It's so good. Yeah, it's
2: not, it's not expensive or anything either. It's I think it's like game. three bucks.
0: Yeah, like sh- three bucks for an, a very entertaining game. Yeah. Uh, Sign me up. Yeah. I already did. <laughs> it's, it has been a while since I've played like a real good puzzle game yeah. and like I remember when Matt brought this to a play test a lo- uh, some time ago mm-hmm. and just fell, I fell in love with the, the concept immediately mm-hmm. and um, it's been I've been seeing it being worked on here but I haven't really pl- I haven't played it. I haven't, yeah. I haven't tested it in the meantime so when it finally came out I just devoured it.
1: Nice. I even put my credit card into my phone for this <laughs> so <yeah. laughs> y'all better appreciate that. No, I don't know.
0: <laughs> it's great. It's a good milestone. It's a spiritual successor to a Game that Graphic put out a couple years ago called Strata. Yes. which is also a puzzle game that uh, it's which that's is really also very very good. Very good. Check that out as well. Um, but it's a big milestone because um, it's you know it's the next uh, uh, Graphic release, but also it's the first thing that Glitch has published. Yes. Um, so it's, uh, it's support them. Get this game. It's really really good. Definitely. Mm-hmm. So what else came out this week? Uh, spider Man. Yeah, Spider Man. Spider Man. That's whatever a spider pig does. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to talk a little bit about Spider-Man. So, it's, yeah. I guess when you listen or have this, it's been out for a little while. You've probably beaten it by now if you're really obsessed with it. Yeah. But um, I just I played like an hour or two of it mm-hmm. last night um, on, on its release day, and it was sort of interesting because I haven't I haven't played like a big console game in quite a while. Yeah. Um, um, and this one's kind of interesting. It just it looks incredible. Like that's the first thing about it is that uh, open world games tend to be like. It just south of the best looking games on on platforms because they there's so much of it. Right. This game seems to just really be at the pinnacle, despite and so and I think a lot of that is because it's a first party Sony title. It's exclusive for BS4. Mm-hmm. It's optimized specifically for that hardware. I think that 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 shows through. Yeah. I think that and you know I don't. I'd like to think Insomniac has, you know, uh, special uh, talents in these areas, but I think any of these AAA studios could, if they can focus on one platform, yeah. you can really see that, the pay dividends there. That's true. Um, it looks amazing. There are so many puddles, you guys. So, so many So, so many.
2: Apparently not enough.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Despite reports, uh, to the contrary, there yeah. are so many puddles. <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, the other thing I noticed is so I started playing this game on hard mode. Like, um, it gives, you know it gives you an option. Like, uh, little euphemisms for the difficulty levels are pretty cute. Yeah. Um, but I picked hard mode because when I played Batman, the Arkham games. Um, Batman. <laughs> one, one of the things I didn't like about them, and I liked almost everything about those games, is that um, all the sort of like um, uh, 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 melee combos and all the gadgets and all of that stuff that you use in the in the battles. They, it, it's just like elegant system uh-huh. of, of of inputs and 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 it's confusing and you don't have to learn it. Yeah, you don't have to learn a lot of. Them. None, none of the game never requires you to be good at that to beat the game, to even even beat the game quickly or well. You yeah. can really just mash the, you know, square button and just go to town on, on, yeah. on these thugs. And and what then happens is there are certain parts of those games where they're designed in a way that absolutely require you to know something that it assumes you learned a long time ago, mm-hmm. and that have developed a habit for, but you haven't because you never really needed to. Right. And I, w- I was really, I think that's a element of bad design. And I thought, well, that must, and that's been common to every one of these types of brawl systems that have been inspired by this. And so I, I was worried about that. So I thought, well, I'll just put it on hard because then I will have to learn this stuff. Yeah. And I'm feeling kind of a mixed about it. Like it's, I, I'm enjoying it. I like the the. Though when you finally beat the wave of enemies, it's kind of great. Yeah, but also, um, I think it wasn't balanced for that difficulty, so mm-hmm. it feels a little. The, some of the enemies feel a little uh, bullet spongy, and sure. I mean, like web sponge, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm gonna probably toy with that a little bit, but I found that sort of interesting. Um, and then the thing that I'm not really certain about is, like in Batman, there's like tons of thugs all over the place, and there's like story reasons for it, right? They're all they're all escapees from the asylum. Yeah, and. um, and that makes some story sense, but you kind of, in the back of your head, you know that's just because you need guys need for a bunch of Batman to punch, right? Yeah, yeah. In Spider-Man, there's no explanation why there's, like, 40, 50 guys streaming out of an elevator. Mm-hmm. Like, it just doesn't make any sense at all yeah. in the real world of New York that it, it portrays. Right. And I don't know how much of that is, like, they give extra guys on the higher difficulties or whatever, mm-hmm. but I'm like, that's probably never going to let up, and you just kind of have to let, let that slide.
2: Yeah. You know? Okay.
0: So those are my first impressions. I really like it. Uh, the swinging through the city is really fun. Mm-hmm. It's not very realistic because it, it's very power fantasy. You can basically just hold down the button and and continually swing through New York indefinitely. Yeah. You don't have to worry about like finding an attach point or anything. Yeah. Just hold the button and you'll get it. And consequently, there's a there's a uh, certainly an algorithm to decide like where to where to actually attach it to right. in the world. Yeah. But also, it's very forgiving. Uh, like if you're too high in the air, then there's no buildings above you. You, yeah. you have to wait until you get a little lower. Uh-huh. But it doesn't really punish you that much for that. And so it's a little unrealistic. I kind of wish there was more skill to it. Mm. Um, but it's a traversal method, and I think they wanted to make it e- as easy and carefree as possible. Yeah. But part of me just wishes like, oh, that would be a, that that seems like a more interesting skill for me to learn. Than the, the, uh, the uh, punching combo stuff. Sure. Which is like fine, and I'm, I'm getting the hang of it. But I really wish there was more of that, like being the Spider Man. Yeah, kind do they is. have
2: like a trick system or something where like you can do different things? Yes.
0: And, like, oh! And it gives you bonus XP because all these games have XP now. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so I rolled my eyes when I saw that. But <laughs> <laughs> that sounds kind of fun though. Yeah, there's tons of animations of, of stuff, and I was telling you guys before the show that like it, it's a little strange because the animations are so fluid and seamless that sometimes you totally get a disconnect from the character mm-hmm. in a way that the other games of this type haven't done and there's a you know there's the benefit is that it just every frame is gorgeous and fluid and natural and it never feels like you're moving like you know avatars on screen it really does look it looks great um, but the drawback is that sometimes there'll be an extra couple of frames where you don't have control or where the animations taking over yeah. and it's an indeterminate amount of time and so it's not It's not as uh, you don't have as much of a connection between your hands and the character, um, which has sort of always been true for these like brawl systems, but it's more so in this. Um, So I'm I'm playing it more. I really like it, and you know maybe I'll have uh, better thoughts on it forward. But (laughs) yeah.
1: Well, if you got so many thugs on hard mode, you're gonna have to have a safe house to go back to. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) That was kind of low hanging fruit. Yeah. So I'm going to talk about hub worlds and safe houses, which it's kind of hard to explain exactly what I mean. But uh-huh. basically, if you've ever played Borderlands, Sanctuary is what I'm talking about—the yeah. place where there aren't any enemies and there's stuff to do, and like that's where you go when you need to like level up or you need to um, just have a break from doing the game. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and. I love these places in games. Like, they're my favorite thing. Like, Dylan, my boyfriend Dylan will make fun of me because I will spend hours just like wandering around the safe area. And Mm -hmm. he's like, So, are you just going to go run around Sanctuary again? I'm like, "Uh, Yeah. (laughs) What else do you do in this game?
0: (laughs) Um, Well, there's no little numbers flying off people in Sanctuary, right?
1: Well, yeah. But I mean, there are so many like places you can try to get to Uh and secrets Mm -hmm. and I do that in destiny too. Yeah. Uh, destiny too. Also, um, Um, in the, in the tower and the, um, farm, I just run around, try to jump on stuff, Uh try to see if I can see if I can get out of bounds, see if I can get into secret places. It's like one of my favorite, most favorite things to do. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, so I guess I would just want to talk about like different elements of different safe houses and hub worlds that uh, I've enjoyed. And then if you guys have ideas, you can also contribute. (laughs) 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 Um,
0: You don't want to be alone in the sentiment, is what you're saying. Yes.
1: (laughs) Safe houses, best place, right? Yeah. It's the best. (laughs) Pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, I think my favorite ones are where you have place to, like, space to run around. Like, there's open space that you can just go run and jump and be silly. Yeah. Um, and I also like when there's like different interesting corners and buildings and, and different lots of like vertical levels that you can try to jump to mm-hmm. and like interesting things in the distance that make you want to explore. Mm-hmm. Um, and also I love secrets, like yeah. <laughs> things you can discover yeah. that yeah. it feels like no one else has, mm-hmm. but really everybody who does the explorey thing has discovered them but it makes you feel like you've tricked the developers or something. <laughs> um like in borderlands there's like uh well there's always boxes full of ammo everywhere yeah. <laughs> um and um and like lockers you can go open and and washing machines in random places like up on top of buildings you can find washing machines sometimes yeah. that have you I know, go up to
2: the roof when I do my laundry.
1: Yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> yeah. You could drive up there. I don't
1: know. <laughs> I mean, it kind of makes sense. But anyway. <laughs> um, but like, they also have these things, um, like, they're called vault symbols. And it's like the, the logo of the game is like this uh, circle with a upside down V in it. A mm-hmm. right side up V. I think it's upside, upside down. down V. Yeah. <laughs> um, and those are scattered not in just in the the safe zone but in all the levels yep. um but they're usually hidden in little spots that you wouldn't have noticed unless you like go around a corner or you go underneath something or whatever um and when you find them you get um badass points <laughs> yeah. um and those are always fun to find because mm-hmm. then then you you level up your skills um through that um but there's also like like in in destiny mm-hmm. um your little robot guy um, can scan things like in the world and then tell you about them. Mm-hmm. And there's a bunch of bunch of stuff they have scattered around. That's um, like little pieces of the environment that the little robot guy was. Oh, looks like Cynthia the the um, you know mechanic was over here and uh, left her lunch. <laughs> <laughs> And so, like, there's all these little narratives that are scattered. Like, if you go to all the little secret places, you can find, you know, this whole story of these not interest, like characters that aren't part of the game. Yeah, they're just like, like things they've left behind, mm-hmm. um, which is super cool.
0: What's nice about spaces like that is that you can do stuff like that in the game proper, but it makes sense in spaces like that because the players engaging with them in a different way. They're not, they're not like aside. They're not likely to be missed. They're not a distraction from the game. It's you're here for you know to walk around and 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 just sort of enjoy the space. So the features that leverage that are best placed there. Right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Like in the first Borderlands, in the in Firestone, there's a clap. or no, it's the second one. Never mind. But there's a clap trap <laughs> in like behind this rock Mm -hmm. and you have to like kind of jump and get out of bounds to get to him and then he just goes hi (laughs) (laughs) and that's it but it's still great (laughs) yeah yeah. that's cool um yeah
2: when I think of hope worlds I don't think of uh, things like Sanctuary I guess I think of things like in Super Mario 64 where like you just this is how you get access to all the other worlds Mm -hmm. um and I like those a lot because like there's a whole bunch of extra things you can do that like you can just spend a bunch of time in. As it's like you're talking about, it's safe to do all of these things, and you can spend a ton of time trying to figure it out or not figure it out or mm-hmm. just jump around and stuff.
0: Yeah, it's a place to try out the mechanics yeah. and get a te- Mario 64 because it was like it was so concerned about teaching you how 3D cameras worked and how, like right. all that stuff. Yeah, like uh, the the princess's castle was very much a a, a, a had a mechanical purpose mm-hmm. as well as a narrative purpose, mm-hmm. right? And those are sort of the best versions of that I think. yeah yeah those are really fun.
1: yeah that reminds me of um rogue Legacy, even though it has a very tiny safe zone or whatever before you go into the castle each time, mm-hmm. you can like practice all your moves without depleting your mana mm. so you can just like shoot your spell at people just to see what it looks like and what yeah. it would do, but that it doesn't uh actually. Cost you anything to do that?
0: Mm-hmm. Right. That's a pretty common feature of these things. Is like is a, is a training area or whatever. And sometimes it's like couched in the lore. So like uh, all the Arkham games have the Batcave. Um, even the even Arkham Asylum, the first one, you had a Batcave. Batman. You had a little mini Batcave on uh, Arkham Island for some reason because they just had to include that. And so you need to have little training pieces.
2: You
1: can't be Batman without the Batcave, right? It's just yeah. where would you sleep upside down then? <laughs>
2: well yeah then it's just a man cave yeah and that's just
0: sad (laughs) 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 so this seems to be a feature that is best realized in 3d games but in 2d games it's sort of like uh, the rpg village or something right yes yes it still is it still is a thing it's just it's not it's not it doesn't always express itself the same way
1: yeah yeah i was wondering why that is maybe it's because you can't like because there's no third way to go, you can only go
0: <laughs> right. It's the, the it. Uh, 3D games sport. are much more non-linear. Just but even if, even in ostensibly linear games, yeah, they're you know more mechanically non-linear in terms of like where you actually literally go. Yeah. So it makes it, more sense. It's to It's also bulbs. harder
2: to like hide things unless you hide them behind walls or something.
0: Yeah,
2: because uh, like with 3D space, you can just hide something behind a building. I guess it's the same. Thing. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think that like. It it generally is not the case. Like I guess in Hollow uh, Hollow Knight they have oh yeah. stuff, but there's mm-hmm. not really a hub. Well, that that first village you see, I guess is this a hub.
0: The world? above it's yeah, and it it builds up over time. Yeah, right. And that's sort of interesting, but like you don't have a lot of incentive to to stay there. Yeah, I guess. And it's almost irritating to go back there because mm-hmm, like just <laughs> it means you lost. Yeah, it's or like, you unlock something and then you have to go back to to yeah. see the results, and then you it's like filled out of your way and it's yeah. strange. I don't know that it's, it executes it that well.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I guess I wouldn't call that place the mm-hmm.
0: world. Um But I think it is, I mean, maybe it's not as successful, but I think it is mm-hmm. as, as much as anything else. Okay. Because um, it serves the same function. Yeah, I right? guess
2: like Super Metroid had that where Samus' ship was. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he would return to it after a while. and then, I think that was like a whole moment. You yeah. got back and now like the whole world is open. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. Oh, that's neat. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: That reminds me of, um, what's that game that's like Terraria except it's multiple people. Con- Starbound? Yes. And you get your ship, yeah. And oh,
2: that's a hub world.
1: Yeah, and you get to that. That has doesn't that have a little bit of customization in yeah, it? You or can
2: put whatever you, I think, whatever you want in there, mm-hmm. pretty much.
1: That's an element of some some hub world safe mm-hmm. spaces. Not in a lot of the ones I like, strangely, because I do like customizing stuff. Um, but yeah, that's it. Like, for example, Fallout Four, you like make your base or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, that one's interesting because you make your base and you like have all the like craft all these things and have tools and, and storage for all your stuff, mm-hmm. like most safe places do, but it also can be attacked. So it's not really <laughs> safe.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> huh. That's interesting. That reminded me of uh, Assassin's Creed 2. I think it was that one where you built up a village in, in, in Italy like, from, like, a little town, and then you spruce up every shop and whatever. Oh. Um, whereas some oh. of the Assassin's Creed's, you, you go around whatever city it is, yeah. and you, like, you buy up shops and stuff. And, and, but in, in the one I'm thinking of, you actually just have your own little place. And there are story elements where, where you do have to, there, it's attacked, but mostly it's just, it's a place you can go, and it's, it's a, it is a, a safe house, basically. <laughs> it's just the size of a, of a, of a village. Um, and that's sort of interesting because then it has it has a little bit of an RPG kind of.
1: Oh, that's so element. cool!
0: Yeah, it's funny. The Assassin's Creed games have an element like that in all of them. Like Assassin's Creed Three is similar. You have like a homestead um, that you you build up, and and uh, townspeople you help. Yeah. But like they're all they all do it in a different way. They don't have a consistent thing from same thing, thing. And I think the latest ones don't really have that at all. They're totally oh, different. Okay. Um, it's kind of strange. It's, it's like they huh. they come they come up with a cool idea around that. Topic, and then they never stick with it. Yeah, <laughs> huh. um, And then you forget it was part of it because it's not like a, it doesn't come back. You know. Yeah, it just comes back in a different way or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But like, uh, what a, a black flag you could do. You could upgrade your boat. And, oh sure. You know that that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, it's sort of different. I don't know. Yeah, uh,
2: I remember in like Super Mario Galaxy. Uh, if you beat the game, you could get a power up that you couldn't get anywhere else in the hub in the whole world, the, mm-hmm. the observatory where like you could fly. It was cool. really fun. Yeah, it was really fun. I wish you could do it in other places.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah that that was that was. I mean, like Mario 64, the observatory was was like that. Mm-hmm. It had it and it it changed as the story, yes. moved forward. Which yeah, I like that kind of thing where you return to something that slowly, and not necessarily, I do like the, I like the Assassin's Creed kind of thing or the mechanics where you build it up. Yeah. But I also like it when it just, as a result of your actions and the game proper, mm-hmm. the it, it evolves as the story progresses. I think that's a really cool expression of it as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. that is so cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's
0: good. That's good. I like that a lot.
1: Like, this is a kind of combining both the, like, taking the con- like, the, the narrative of taking your safe space a- place away and then, um, and also changing it based on your gameplay. And with Sanctuary, well, that's kind of a spoiler, but it's been out since 2012, so <laughs> get on this, guys. Um, part of the story is that, that Sanctuary is built on the top of the spaceship, or like flying ship, mm-hmm. and um, so at a certain point in the game... It has to fly away for plot reasons. Uh And so then for like a whole level, you have no way of getting back to it because it's in the air and they don't have like all the whole like fast travel system hooked up yet. And you have no idea where they are because they're invisible too for some reason. Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) um, um but yeah when you get when then when you finally get to go back to it everything's changed because you're now flying and like half of the city fell off because it wasn't all on the ship yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) and the only way you can get off of it is the fast travel because before you could like go out the exits and like oh sure it changes the whole map too Yeah, yeah yeah and yeah opens up more levels where it used to be anyway it's so cool (laughs) (laughs) yeah
2: yeah, I would. I would like it if like we did more of that stuff where like you subvert the player's expectations. You come back to this place, and then all of a sudden, there's, there's just a bunch of I don't know assassins or something, want <laughs> to attack you because you're like, oh, this is safe. I can just walk in here and buy my stuff, you know, chill. And then like an assassin comes or something.
0: It's funny because like there's like Martha. One of the things you like about it is that it's it's certainty. Yeah. Right. So the, um, subverting it is really attractive. Yeah. and It's really interesting. Provides cool moments, but couldn't that also be unsettling to the player who wants the comfort of it that's true you know you'd have to do it you in just a want way. to goof off in the hub world for a little while yeah, or something you'd have
2: to do it in a way like i could imagine that happening in a dark souls like game you yeah. know something but probably not in like a mario game <laughs>
1: that was yeah 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 you'd think i wouldn't like that stuff mm-hmm. but i do like it when it's like combined like it's um like encapsulated in a mission sure so it's like yeah. oh like um it happens in payday 2 uh where you have a, you have a safe house which Dylan never uses, and I'm like, why wouldn't she just go and hang out there? It's weird, <laughs> but you can like do the pra- like practice shooting and stuff. Uh-huh. But um, there's a bunch of missions where the your safe house gets taken over, and you can't uh-huh. use it until you've beaten the mission. <laughs> mm-hmm. Maybe he uh-huh.
2: hasn't beaten the mission yet.
1: Hey, <laughs> <laughs> no, I-, I watched him do it. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> I also love when there's like little mini games in, mm-hmm. in safe places like in Destiny 2 um, in both the, the safe places there's a soccer game that yeah. you can actually play like people get together and like kick the ball and uh-huh. then we'll keep score. Well it won't keep score but it will like put off balloons if you get it through the one yeah, like yeah, either yeah. side. Yeah. And that's really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and then. I guess it's not really a, a mini game but there's a similar thing where it's like while you're waiting for your level, your match to start in Overwatch you're in those like ship um, some levels have like this the, the airplanes or whatever that you're in and there's like a basketball hoop and so everyone's trying to shoot the bat. Like, there's no way to actually like throw the basketball but you can try to like melee it and like <laughs> shoot it to try to get it into the basket and everyone tries to do that, and that's yeah. really fun.
0: Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah, um, I'm thinking of like um, uh, MMOs have this a lot, where right. like they have the sort of the, the 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 whatever the headquarters is, whatever for yeah. your faction. Mm-hmm. And the, um, I don't have a lot of experience with MMOs, but the one I'm thinking of is is Missed Online, which has you know the different worlds you would go into, and you know the game really was it, it was it's a single player game. They tried to like cram multiplayer features into, but. Um, the, the main sort of area where you could meet up with other people was in this cave underneath, uh, Carlsbad, Arizona. Mm. And, um, and, and it had a very similar thing where people would play games in it, right? They would uh, they invent their own ways of using the, the limited mechanics that game offered to do things, and then uh, the game itself also did have little mini games and stuff like that in those areas.
1: That's so cool. Yeah,
0: it's really interesting, and it's it's where people did the most amount of like voice chat and stuff like that. And because that wow. game was much more limited than most MMOs, it didn't have as many uh, mechanics as others did. Yeah. That it was that that hub world was a really important part of the experience because it was very role very role playing centric. Mm-hmm. Um, more than others uh, have been so that idea of like using those spaces to play together with people, right? Um, rather than you know outside, different from how a single player hub world style thing works.
3: Yeah, yeah.
2: it serves it serves two purposes because like you can it'll you gather people together and then they can set up a game and then play like the main game or whatever outside of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which is useful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember I played uh, oh geez, *Vindictus* um, uh, a while with my brother and they had like a. A place, a campfire place, where you could, you get a buff if you just sit there. Yeah, so, like would just sit there all the time and you know <laughs> get the buff and stuff. And you could just like sit there and like leave your computer on. And I did that sometimes too. But like I know a lot of people use it to like chat with friends or mm-hmm. whatever else because like while you're there, you might as well do that. Yeah, yeah, it's got that. It's got that use.
1: That's mm-hmm. awesome. One other thing that I like about Hub Worlds is there's or safe spaces that zones. <laughs> Man, there needs to be one word for this.
0: Yeah, you might <laughs> yeah, yeah. let us know. Before we started the show, you were struggling over to what to call this. Time. Yeah, right. yeah,
1: because it's like I don't when when I'm talking about hub worlds, I don't mean like I mean the ones like in Mario, uh, those Mario 3D Mario games yeah. where it's like you know you just jump around or whatever. It's mm-hmm. but when I, people say hub world, what I think of is 2D Mario, where it's just like you move to the next. Like thing on the yeah, map. Like, and that's yeah. not Mario what World. I'm talking about. Yeah. World map. Yeah. World.
0: But it, it, interestingly, like in Mario 64, it also does that. Mm-hmm. But you're less interested in the the hub part of of it. Yes. Right.
1: Yeah. I'm more interested in like what happens in that spot, not necessarily like its function at like proper for the game. Right.
0: Right. Yeah. So, like uh, you were talking about, like mini games and stuff like that. Like uh, the new Spider-Man has that, where like oh, cool. you go to the, to a lab where you do some work and get some story missions, and it's the, it's the safe zone. But the 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 prime example is in like Grand Theft Auto, right?
1: Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so in Grand Theft Auto, like a big part of it is, is getting enough money to have um, cooler and cooler apartments to live in and garages to store wow. all your stolen cars in. Yeah. um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um and like when you finally get the snazzy upscale apartment that you're like, how is no one questioning how I got all this money? (laughs) But okay, Um, I'll I'll pay you a million dollars. That's fine. Unemployed person. Um,
0: And there's like so little to do in those places. They're really just about hanging out. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. You're like, you can do drugs and drink and watch the TV, but that's literally it. You can change your clothes. There's some
0: mechanical elements, but like, uh, unlike say like the Borderlands or even Mario sixty four, like it's not an opportunity to really play uh, like work with the mechanics. Mm-hmm. It really becomes a, almost a role playing in a sense where you just like hang out on your couch and look at your your cool things that you got. Yeah, you know, <laughs> and that's interesting because people do spend a lot of time in those places. Right, it's
1: true. And well, you, you can invite all the people playing with you over to your house too, which is fun.
0: But oh, in GTA Online, yeah, oh, that's neat.
1: But. The annoying thing about it is that every single one is the same. Like I would want it to be like every single one in, in each tier. I yeah. was very disappointed about that. Like no matter what building you get your high end department, it's always going to be the same layout and look exactly the same. I was like, was why don't you have like three different layouts? Like even, yeah. even that would have been cool. Like, Oh, the couch is over here in this one. Like, <laughs> yeah. or it's red or something. Right, like, right. But yeah. So hmm. that's was a little disappointing, but. <laughs> In addition to being social with your friends and these these um, spaces, whatever you want to call them, <laughs> <laughs> hub spaces, mm-hmm. yeah. hub houses, safe worlds, um, <laughs> I like when there's like NPCs to talk to that are, oh, sure. or at least that are wandering around saying funny things. Even uh-huh. if it gets a little repetitive when they say the same things, yeah. but sometimes you can add like, like in Borderlands the, with the with the claptrap is is always wandering around and you can high five him and Mm -hmm. he'll start like doing a little wub 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 dance and that's pretty fun (laughs) there's also like an easter egg thing that they um there's this guy who really liked the game um but he unfortunately had like a disease that he couldn't that couldn't be cured or whatever so like as a tribute to him they put him in the game and he'll only show up like every so often um but he'll give you like a super cool item and like that's neat yeah so that's, that's cool things you can do with that. Um, the one
0: I really like is uh, Ghostbusters the video game, <gasps> which is basically Ghostbusters 3. Um, you can talk to Janine in the firehouse. That's awesome. Uh, <laughs> it's real good. She gives you a ton of sass. <laughs> it's so nice. That's great.
1: I find also there's like a, a category of safe place that um, you have to make yourself. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. base building stuff. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, sure. Like in... Um, In Minecraft, like you make your own safe place and you make it as big or small or cool or not cool as you want to. You
2: have to make it secure, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. But you can make it anywhere. So it can be like on the top of a mountain or just in the middle of a field and you just put a little fence around yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, And then like No Man's Sky, I've been playing a lot of that recently because it's actually really good now. You guys, you should all go play it. But they they have all this like base building stuff now, so you can go to a planet and be like, "Hey, this planet is super chill. I want to actually have the game remember this planet and let me go back to it whenever yeah. I want to." And so you put your little base thing down, and then you get to build like this whole safe zone with all this these cool like recharge your life support or whatever mm-hmm. gadgets and refine all these minerals put down things and places to store stuff and stuff. Yeah. Um, and that's really cool. I just think it's neat to have in some games to have like the there's no real safe space, but you make your own. <laughs>
0: right, right. It becomes a lot a way to make the experience yours. No Man's Sky, particularly because you play that game long enough, at least in its original version, and it starts to feel really samey. And the sort of um you sort of see the you see between the seams a little bit, and and that's okay. But um then when they added the base building updates, like it really makes it much more like worth wasting a lot of time in it because that's all that game is. really. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the mechanics of actually building it is really like intuitive and interesting. But yeah. what was weird for me is I, I played a lot of that game when it came out and then it started making really good updates. But by then I'd stopped playing and I was happy with it. I wasn't really a, one of the complainers, um, but I, I haven't gone back to it. And so I keep seeing all these things they are really fun. But the weird thing about base building that game to me is I really understood the premise of that game is that you're lost in the galaxy And that you keep moving forward or moving somewhere. You're an explorer. So having a place to teleport back to doesn't make any sense to me. Mm. Like it breaks the narrative structure of that game to me, the limited part that there is. But mechanically, it's like it's what saved that game, right? Because people love it. And it's really cool. But like I haven't, because I haven't jumped back into it. It still feels weird. It doesn't feel like No Man's Sky to me for some strange reason. Like I have this conception of it that's different.
1: Well, I like that it feels like you're actually getting somewhere.
0: Yeah. Now because well, it you, remembers Well, you now live in the galaxy. Yes. Instead of yeah. just like wandering through it. And I think it, I think it is now better for it. Uh, it's just different from what it what it was when it launched, you know?
1: That's true. That's true.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's I think that that's interesting about these 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 types of places in games is not just about the mechanics that they offer, but about like what they mean to the larger thing, their existence and how they're put in there, right? Um like when we when we were Uh, Doing widget satchel, we did talk briefly about having like a place that Sprocket can go to stash Sprocket's things. Oh yeah, we did. Yeah, I mean, it. It. I'm trying to think like what even that would have been. It doesn't work at all with the mechanics that we ended up settling on. Right. But we did talk about it a little bit, and would really change how that game works Mm. and how it feels. Yeah. Um. And not just about having that as a feature, but like it would change everything else about the game. Yeah. You know. Yeah, like that definitely
2: impacts. Just having having an area in which you do not have to be concerned about like taking damage or anything really does. Uh, impact like how you feel about the game because like if you're like it's the same way with like Dark Souls I guess like mm-hmm. one could consider the safe spaces to be uh, the campfires. Mm-hmm. Um, if you didn't have campfires, you would always be in danger, and that game would be very different as a result of that. But like right. because you have campfires, if you take too much damage, like oh I'm just going to restart and I'm going to go
0: back to the campfire, that mm-hmm. is an option. Well, it also gives those elements stakes. Yes, because if you're always in danger all of the time, then it doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, then it's just a, like a really hard platform or whatever like that's similar Uh but when you have those little places you have to get to right then it makes the it 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 contextualizes all the rest of it yeah you know Mm -hmm. i think that's probably true for a lot of particularly action games that have these places it's it is a reprieve uh psychologically as well as mechanically yeah that's
1: why i think i think it's so interesting games that don't have them too like um sea of thieves Mm -hmm. you're all like even if you're on your ship if you're on the island like selling stuff you're vulnerable to anybody coming and stealing your stuff Uh like there's no place to go that's you know safe from anybody yeah Yeah. so and that makes that game feel kind of stressful because you can't like you just want to be alone at least that's my my part is like i see another ship and i'm like oop going the other way. I don't want them to take my stuff. <laughs> yeah. But like, I wish I was a little bit more brave because there's been some really cool interactions with people who actually embrace the unknown.
0: Right. right. <laughs> so do, do players in that game, like they approach each other and then they just say hi and then they go away both like nervous or is it like every encounter is a battle?
1: Um, All the people I've run into have Mm -hmm. attacked me.
0: (laughs) So you have a reputation, is what you're saying?
1: (laughs) They attack me. I'm just there minding my own business, Mm -hmm. little old lady in her in her ship, you know, just getting my treasure. Yeah, you You know, and minding my own business, and they decide to attack the elderly. So I think that's on them.
0: (laughs) Fair enough. But is that, I mean, is that how the game is supposed to work or is it, are there opportunities to just pass like ships in the night?
1: Um, yeah. I mean, there's also, that also happens. Sure. Um, I've seen YouTube videos of, of people coming together and like doing little sea shanties together and stuff. <laughs> nice. And, you know, I try to play music at people to make them like, <laughs> but whatever, it's fine. <laughs> not salty about that game, not having a safe zone.
2: Mm-hmm. I can tell.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so um Mark you were wondering earlier like what should if we were going to make how world safe places would ours be like? I guess you talked about that in Sproc- with Sprocket already.
0: Yeah, it's funny because I think in the case of Widget Satchel, like right now the construction of the game does not allow for something yeah, like that. We like that. we, there's no way it would work. Mm-hmm. Before we made some decisions that made it impossible, we did briefly consider it. And so when you think about like we've talked, uh, we do this on a lot on the show where we'll say, "What would we do?" In the, when we talk about these mechanics, or these systems. I think this one's a little different because it's so. Specific yeah. to the game you're making, right? That's right? true. It's hard to think of like, oh, I would love if I had a thing like this that worked like this. It's like, I guess, but it's I think more than other types of I, you know, uh, brainstorming sessions we've done. I can't really think of any particular thing I would love a hub world to have because it's so dependent on the game that's, more than other things. That's I think. true.
1: That is really. Am I letting true. us off
0: the hook? Or, or <laughs> no,
1: I think I think you're exactly right. Like, um, I'm trying to even think. What would, because yeah, it depends totally on what game you're making. Mm -hmm. Like I'm thinking about Cloudbreaker, like you could have a stage where you just like jump around. Uh, but like
0: that defeats the
2: point of
1: clover. It's true. <laughs> yeah. It's true. I mean,
0: I guess the ones I like are the ones that uh, are in story-based games where there's a lot of lore to pick up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um and I guess the ones I'm thinking of are the ones that are based on other properties like like the Arkham games or like Ghostbusters where like you you learn more about the world and you sort of live in it a little bit. It's yeah. a, it's a way for you to engage with the um the story and the world in a way that's different from the game. I like that. I think it's like, I, can, I can imagine people some people not liking that because it's such a disconnect from the exper- experience otherwise right
1: Well I mean it's almost as if the environment of the safe house is telling a story <laughs> Almost <laughs>
0: Wow, you just, you just pulled a trap door out of that topic.
2: <laughs> Ooh, and we've fallen into my topic. I mm-hmm. think.
1: Yeah, yes. safety gone. <laughs>
2: yeah. Uh, environmental storytelling. Yeah, uh, I think originally this topic was going to be environment as mechanics, and I forgot what we meant that to mean, so uh-huh. I decided to change this to environmental storytelling because I know what that means. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> so you know, this is this is that thing where uh, you see words on the wall, and they're like. Uh, got him or something? I don't
1: know. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> the cake is a lie. Yeah, that
2: yeah. <laughs> the 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 classic Portal Ratman references. Yeah. Yes, those kinds of things are mm-hmm. what I'm talking about. But I mean, this can uh become or come to form in like many different ways. It doesn't just have to be writing on the wall. Yeah, yeah. though a lot of games do it. Probably too many. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can also be like the music you're hearing in the background. It could be played on a boombox or something that somebody left there, and you're like, why did they leave the boombox? Or,
1: or are you? Exactly. Yeah,
2: so like that, mm-hmm. or um, uh, also like you, you know the
0: pick up the little voice uh, thingies that you know yeah. talk at you while you're doing other things. Oh yeah, like Bioshock is one that like I, I was going to mention it in, in the Hub world because Bioshock doesn't have that. Yes, and it's interesting. Really? And it's interesting that it doesn't. Um, but it has a ton of environmental storytelling right. that does a lot of the same things that Hub Worlds tend to do. Mm-hmm. So these topics really are linked in, in, yes. in a lot of ways. Convenient, yeah. But like yeah, <laughs> the, the 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 voice diaries is something that right. I think Bioshock was, if not the first, was one that really popularized they, that they, idea. Yeah, they practically patented it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah I like it because you can just keep playing the game
2: yeah I, it's cliche
0: now and kind of silly but yeah. like, I think it's fine.
2: I depends on how they're implemented. Yeah. I feel like with, with voice files specifically they get on my nerves because I need to I want to sit there and listen to them yeah but I also want to keep playing the game mm-hmm. so like I'm conflicted because I'm like I want to hear this thing but if I move on then I might not hear it. Because sometimes that you can't hear it passing.
0: I was going to say that's what I hate is when yeah. you like there's like a tape recorder on a desk on a and you desk press and you it sit there. and then you have to like it's like spatial audio like yeah. if you turn it moves the speakers where yeah. it's, good. it's like just put it in let me hear it
1: right like, yeah yeah <laughs> I'm well, wearing headphones come on yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah exactly um but
2: even then like when you're when you're just hearing it and they put it in your headphones or whatever uh you if you're like in the middle of combat and stuff it's hard to focus on the combat and the talking
0: I suppose yeah. Uh, at least for me. Well, a lot of times they tend... I mean, Bioshock it tends to put it in places where you're not likely to come up right. against combat. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I guess there's times when you do, but, mm-hmm. like, they space them out in a way that's deliberate, Yes. more or less. Yes. This is an aside, but this is
2: also an issue with, like, games where, like, they'll deliver a story to you as you're fighting a character. Yeah. Or, or something, because, like, if you do really well, then you miss off on, like, half of the story. <laughs> or, yeah, and then if you do poorly, yeah. then it's just quiet or whatever, and then yeah. it's weird. I don't know. Right.
1: Yeah, especially if you're, like accidentally overleveled for right. the thing and you're like okay i'm gonna not just run in a circle while i hear their dialogue yep. tree i had this
2: issue with near automata <laughs> yeah I didn't want to kill nobody telling me stuff and i was like oh wait i want to know what you were
1: just too
0: about. good at that
1: game no i was way too overleveled <laughs> <laughs> there's steven bragging again <laughs> <laughs>
2: of course um yeah, so like in terms of like actually doing this yourself, you can be as uh, subtle or, or as, as you want to be, but mm-hmm. like you know don't don't beat people over the head with your narrative. Yeah, um,
1: narrative. Unless that is your narrative,
2: in which case do that. This. this is
1: the narrative. Yes. <laughs> Look at my narrative. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um,
2: uh, yeah, like I guess uh, we we've thought about this a lot in Fingen specifically, like. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We haven't put a, a ton of effort into it, particularly recently, because we haven't worked on it a ton. But um, like we, we would like we have all all of the environments have like narratives based off of their game design. So like the uh, the kelp forest is my favorite example because like it's overgrown and there's a whole bunch of plants and stuff and a bunch of enemies and stuff that come at you. Mm-hmm. And as a result, the player feels like cramped uh, and 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 like stressed because there's always a bunch of things around, mm-hmm. even if they're like not dangerous things. Uh, The combination of all of them together makes it feel bad. Yeah. Uh, so that kind of stuff can be an aspect of storytelling. Really, like you can put anything you want in the any aspect of game development. You can put into your environmental storytelling Mm -hmm. Uh, and your storytelling in general. Like even marketing. Um, I'm thinking of uh, what's the name of the Spec Ops: The Line? Yeah. They advertise that game as though it was going to be like another Call of Duty or whatever, Mm -hmm. but it like subverts your expectations as soon as you start playing the game. Yeah. I feel like people were probably disappointed. If they expected Call of Duty and got Spec Ops, but like <laughs> that, but as a result of that, it maybe made that that twist uh, more impactful for some players. Yeah, so. yeah.
0: Interestingly, like there's there are games where the environmental storytelling is beside the point. Yeah, right, and that's okay sometimes. Mm-hmm. But I think that's when you're like, if you ignore it, nothing of value is lost. Yeah, and that's kind of frustrating. And then there are games like you know BioShock where it's really like this, the environmental storytelling is all the storytelling there is, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you have to engage with it. Um, and then there are games like like most point and click games are filled with tons of little subtle references to a larger world. Right. Right. And it, it, that becomes a main mechanic of those games mm-hmm. because that, that those that a lot of times you're then quizzed on that stuff or it's helpful to puzzles or whatever. Yeah. Um. I find that sort of interesting. Yeah.
2: Those ones are kind of frustrating because because of the way point and clicks work, you think that anything could be a clue towards what you're supposed to do next. Yeah. And so like you click everything and you listen to everything because anything could be relevant to what. That, you're that all, to all sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> okay for some <laughs> not for me yeah um, I think it's important to make sure that like this, the environmental storytelling you're doing is not distracting from the game too much mm-hmm. so like, at least to a point where like it's either stressful to like pay attention to it or like you just do not care about it yeah. or don't want to care about it it's it's a difficult balancing act I think
0: mm-hmm. um, well, I think that's I mean I agree with you there I, I would go further and say it shouldn't distract from the game at all because mm. then it should be part of the game that's right a good point yeah <laughs> like it sh- it should service the game <laughs> mm-hmm. and and it, if it doesn't then it's failed yeah right yeah i agree with that um
2: yeah and also like environmental storytelling is really great if you don't want to make a cutscene uh if you mm-hmm. don't have time to make one or you just don't have the means uh then you can just you know put a toy box in your game instead instead yeah. of like having a cutscene zoom in on the toy box yeah uh, i don't know <laughs> Game making and such. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I feel like I haven't done a ton of environmental storytelling yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but Mark, you've done a lot of work on this in Widget Satchel, I think.
0: Yeah, so it, it's so we say environmental storytelling. I think the what the examples and we you cited them are like you know billboards, uh, props you find, yeah. like uh, voice that stuff. stuff. Yeah. But the way we do it in Widget Satchel is um, there are collectibles in the game, and it, they're mostly pairs of socks. Sprocket can change their socks through the game, and you need to find these. And there's 30 of them in the game, mm-hmm. and it's really just a collectible uh, mechanic. But each time you collect one, you get a little. Uh, uh, Piece of text like yeah. flavor text yeah. about them, and um, it's all written from the perspective of like a narrator, um, and it's in second person, so it's all telling you Sprocket what you found, right. and um, and I've, I've, I ri- I write them like very with sort of dry humor, mm-hmm. and then giving hints as to the world Sprocket lives in. So Sprocket is this you know pet ferret on a space station um, who runs away and steals crap and escapes on a shuttle. That's the mechanics of the game. Yeah, but you learn about the human characters. Uh, who who populate the station and who if you pay cl- enough attention you realize that they are like that they love sprocket they like uh, you know that just like if you owned S- sprocket and was he was just like stealing and breaking crap in your living room you would love him dearly <laughs> like that's exactly the same kind of thing so yeah. when you you know you find a pair of socks and it says like the, you know the, this is a, a pair of birthday theme socks mm-hmm. it has a note on it but you don't know what it says but the graphic has the note yeah. and you the you the player can read the note and it's 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 from one of the yeah. human characters to Sprocket, and so it, that, that just warms my heart, right? <laughs> <laughs> and it, it, the, there are pairs of socks that like are like sort of wild and colorful, and then they it, the flavor text says that oh you remember seeing these on one of the human characters, and then you find another similar pair, and then they talk, and so you get a, you get a hint as to what these characters are like, and again you can ignore this kind of stuff, right. And just enjoy it for being kind of silly, yeah, but it. It the more, and so the idea is, is that the better you are at the game, the more of that, that story you'll engage with, and hopefully, that that as much as the getting 30 out of 30 will be a motivation for you to try to collect these things, right? Yeah, is to learn more about the world, yeah, right? Yeah,
1: that's so cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, yeah, like, like in Hollow Knight, I think that a large part of the drive, actually, in all Metroidvanias, I think a lot of the part of the drive is to like explore a new area, yeah, and like get access to that new area, so like. Uh, like, yeah, Metroid games, they have environmental storytelling in that, like, uh, and when you get into a new area, like, it's completely different from the last one, and then... And you have to engage in that mechanically, yeah. Um, in a lot of different ways, but also just like visually, it's very different. Like, uh, I can't come up with any worlds in Metroid right now, but you know the lava ones and the uh-huh. ice ones. Yep, the one ex-
0: where bats come after you and yes, stuff.
2: Bats and things. Yeah, you know they all feel different. Yeah. Um, and those can be motivators to keep going uh, and keep playing through it and finding and uh, you know, finding more aspects of the game.
0: Yeah. In games like that, because they're they tend not to have cutscenes. Yes. Um, I mean, they will sometimes, but I think the tradition of them is that they don't have the very many, Mm -hmm. and so it tends to be like the principal method of storytelling. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's really, it's really. I like that a lot. I like that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, I think Hollow Knight does a really good job of that. mm -hmm. I agree. Um, For all the problems I've had with that game, it's it 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 does feel like, and you feel very comforted that the world is designed and will unfold to you. If you engage with it, honestly, like it doesn't, mm-hmm. you never feel like, even though you do, there are a lot of secrets and things you have to discover, and it's a very challenging game, mm-hmm. you never feel like that anything is going to be held back from you. Um, like it'll, it'll you, you trust that it will come to you as it comes to you. Yes. And I think that's a real achievement for that kind of game. Yes. You know, that's what you want from Metroidvanias. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, that's because, you know, we've described Widget Satchel as a Metroidvania light. Mm-hmm. It, it plays on some of those same yeah. kinds of, uh, of engagements. It does. Um, for sure. Yeah. The other example that 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 i am doing is in in Metro Nexus and I've talked about this on the show before is my world maps all have um, um uh, uh different station names right, yeah. that are that that imply this near future world. Yes. And um I often I don't remember which episode I talked about it, but I talked about it for a long time, so you can go back and listen to that. Um where it's sort of I'm trying to build this world, but it it that one is a little bit more inscrutable. Like you have to sort of uh, it's it's something more to uh discover and it's less it's less an element of the game on it—it's—it's it's, it's subtext. Yeah, I think. Mm. Yeah, and I think that knowing when to make it text and when to make it subtext is a ch- is a bit of a challenge. Yeah, right. Like we we solved it by in in Satchel it's text and in Metro Nexus it's subtext. There's no, you know, it's all one or nothing. But I think right. games that can blend those, I think that's a real challenge. Um, yeah, and I, I can't think of a ton of great examples, but you kind of know it when you see it. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. That's that was
2: that's our ideal for. For Finchance is that like yeah. if you if you're really paying attention to stuff you'll pick up on the actual narrative of the game though so we probably need to like you know explain a, a small part of the narrative of the game because we don't do any <laughs> of that in the game right now we yeah. just tell people
0: mechanically the game is so arcade pure right and that's a strength of it yes but I think you've always. Wanted there to be more cutscenes yes. and more story stuff. Yes. You just haven't gotten around to making it yet. And in the meantime, the game has evolved in its current form right. to be really arcade pure. Yeah. And so you guys have had an interesting crossroads. Yup. Right. Because uh. if you do bring that back in that initial vision, suddenly it starts changing what the game is a little bit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. we'll so have to think about that. I don't mean to depress you. Or no, no.
2: I'm, I'm. I've been thinking about. Oh boy. And as a side, I've been thinking about Fingents. Uh. Oh, Lane's gonna hear this. Lane, I've been thinking about Finney. Uh, and I've been thinking that like I, I would want to I think I want to work on it more than just like release it as soon as possible. I want to like
0: add to it more. Uh oh. He's gonna be very excited to hear that. Yeah, he'll
2: be fine with that. Charles, I'm sorry. Uh, well just because like I I don't know, I've I've been seeing other games and I you know, I've finally released a game, Clawbreaker's out, and that mm-hmm. felt really good. Um uh, So you scratched that itch. Yeah, I guess a little bit. Just, so now, you, know, there's so now a game you, out. you can go back and just work on a game forever now. And never release it. No, <laughs> one day we will release Vengeance, But
0: mm-hmm. I don't know if that day is
2: soon. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's that's what I'm saying. Right.
0: You just you just you're 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 mulling greater hopes for it.
2: Yeah. I have been thinking
0: that yeah, Because I, I think when you I mean, I feel the same way with Metro Nexus. Like at a certain point you're like, I've been working on this game for too long, I need to like just make my checklist and finish it and get it out. Yeah. And you've probably been in that mode for Fingence for quite a while. Yes, but you're probably now now that you haven't worked on it that frequently in the oh, past. Oh, yeah, months, maybe
2: I'm inspired and want to put more stuff
0: in it. And that might be part of it, right? Is that you're you're now you're rediscovering the sort of like imaginative goals you had, yes. rather than the the real like you know r- rubber meets the road when you're working <laughs> on it. You just want to finish it, <laughs> right? Right. Yeah. Exactly. And nope. there's, a, there's, a, I mean, the right answer is like a balance yeah, of those things, of course, right? Like yes. you, you don't want to just shove it out the door, no. Um, but you also, you know, can't just let it simmer for eternity. Yes, I haven't figured that out yet. Yeah, so I gotta talk to the team. Mm-hmm. But I think that, I mean, in the context of, I mean, you're talking about like the narrative yes, elements. Yeah, I was, of it. Yes. That's that's the part that you really want to beef up.
2: I want to, yeah, I want to add a lot to that. Yeah, a large part of that. You know? because like the gameplay is pretty dang solid. Yeah, so. I think so. Uh, so yeah, yeah, that would be great. Um... Mm-hmm. Uh, so look, what other ways have we found that have been good like environmental storytelling um, well, like or at least uh, what we could try to put in our games. I know we, we talked about which is Vengeance. Mm-hmm. Uh, Martha you, you're making a point and click.
1: Yeah um, so I've been thinking about this a lot because uh, I want there to be like lots of little hints in the background just about like the world that they live in and, and stuff like that like um, I want there to be like lots of photographs on or not photograph but like paintings on the wall yeah with different people in them or like and and different things that if you click on them like they'll say oh that's so-and-so or whatever Mm -hmm. um and then in humongous games whenever you click on something even if it's not something that you're like gonna pick up or whatever some weird little thing will happen
2: yeah
1: um like a banana will come out of a book or (laughs) uh (laughs) um you know, someone will come like clean the window if you click on the window, oh, or like yeah. some little dragon will fly out from behind it. Like it's very silly little things that are just like weird, just yeah. weird. They're non sequiturs. Non sequiturs, exactly. Like, yeah, maybe
0: like that that appeal to the audience that that thing's aimed at. Right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And that's that's what's that's what's cute about those those elements.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's like exactly how a kid thinks is like yeah, totally not like oh that looks kind of like an airplane oh let's m- just make it an airplane and have it fly around the room <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah that's cool um so yeah yeah that's that's the kind of stuff I want to do mm-hmm.
2: one of the nice things about environmental storytelling is that like you don't have to engage on it if you don't want to and so it um, allows players who just want to deal with the, the who just want to play the game to like not engage with it if they feel mm-hmm. like it but like if you want to engage with it on that level you can't I, I
0: that's I think that's a common a way to describe it. Sure. But I feel that that, that doesn't give it enough credit. I think okay. or it 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 lets game makers off the hook. I think sure. that kind of storytelling yeah. it the point of it is that it's not shoved at it's not thrown at you. Yes. But it really I believe it should be designed in a way that is appealing so that most players oh, yeah. will want it. Yes. Or at least engage with some of it. Um, the idea that you could tell a player like ah you could ignore all of it and just whatever I feel like that's selling your your game short mm. in a way and 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 if you don't attempt to make that stuff um if you if you I, I try to like balance what I'm saying here sure. like because it is optional right it is it is yeah. contextual it's yeah. not it, you know But at the same time, if if you design it with the thing with saying like, well, we can't make this uh, like too upfront, or players will get annoyed by it. Like, I think you just have the wrong idea about what your game is.
2: Sure. Well, yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Like, if you implement environments that start telling poorly, then like either the players. Feel like it's a either it's a cutscene, in which case you cannot ignore it, which yeah. is, I mean, that's fine, you can have cutscenes in mm-hmm. your game, but like it's not an environment. You hear that everyone's
0: giving you permission,
2: yeah, that's fine. <laughs>
3: um,
2: <laughs> uh, or but um, if you do it like poorly in a way where like no one is interested, then just no one is engaging with that in, in that uh, on that level that, in, yeah. at all, which mm-hmm. is bad, yeah. So, like, I'm not trying to tell people that like you should not do a good job doing this, <laughs> I'm just saying that, like. Mm-hmm. There are players probably such as myself, who will ignore your narrative. yeah. And that's going to happen. Steven gonna, will ignore your narrative.: Yes.: <laughs> And as a result, uh, the environmental storytelling will allow them to skip it if they want to.:
0: Yeah. I think this but, is touching on maybe when we were brainstorming about topics, and you were, you mentioned at the top yes. that we were going to call this uh, environment as mechanics, right? And then uh, I've also forgotten exactly what we were talking yeah. about when we were talking about that. <laughs> but I think that, I think we're getting close to it with this, where it's mm-hmm. like it's is it is it just story elements or is it stuff you engage with, right? And, and is it um, like well, I guess the widget table is the example I'm thinking of, where like the the collection mechanic is also the environmental storytelling. Yeah. Right? It's not apart from that. Yeah. Um. And, you know, it's actually, it's a very simple, mecha- I mean, it's not very complicated, but, right. like, it's tied to the mechanics of the collecting.
1: Yeah, it's like Mist, um, where all the puzzles are actually, like, environmental storytelling. Yeah, exactly.
0: That's a really, really good example. Mm. I, I'm not very familiar with Mist.
1: <laughs> uh, well, each of the puzzles, like, like you don't, sometimes don't even realize that you're working on a puzzle sometimes, mm-hmm. or, like, you don't, like, there's all these like there is no story told at you really. Mm-hmm. So it, you get all of it through like how the puzzles are built. Okay. And like, like there's this part with the fish who like that's a whole narrative about the fish. Like, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to describe well, it. Times, Maybe you can describe well, it better. The one
0: I'm thinking of is from Uru where there's a world where the you actually travel through time um, to different eras of this world in order to solve the puzzle you go to this time and but you don't know which time is forward or back you just oh, go to yeah. you just go to different times okay. and you have to piece together which one is before the other oh. and that that's a that that is a that's a puzzle yeah. but also then you start learning about the story of this place you see sure. you see a, a a tower that was once grand fall to ruins yeah. and then you understand what it was for and why it fell and is it a tragedy or is it just t- like the ravages of time like uh-huh. was there a war or was it just environment that you know, like those things are interesting and they are that knowledge is what you need to solve the puzzle yeah and so i think that the miss series there's more examples but that's the one i'm thinking of sure. where like that context you understanding it at least at a surface level is is the mechanic mm-hmm. right and i think that that is like something that we should all hope for when we, we add these kinds of things which isn't to say you can't do use a light touch. Right. But like making it so that, that it's essential to um, or maybe not essential exactly, but it's uh, part part of the the, the story yeah. or part of the experience and not aside from the experience. Yeah, yeah,
2: you get more out of the game not just like narratively but also mechanically if you pay attention to those kinds of things. Yeah. is what mm-hmm. I'm hearing. Yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, that would be great. We should do that stuff for finches. How would we do that?
0: If yeah. we made it, I don't know. well, there's a really good, easy way to do that, which is that you have your your enemies, yes. right? And each uh, some of the enemies are uh, vulnerable to certain attacks, right? Uh, for the most part, you can just shoot anything, mm-hmm. but there are some that that have homing uh, weapons. There are some that have different patterns. Yeah, there are ways to reveal how those things work, or you have bosses in the game that you have to suss out their patterns, and they're yeah. all expertly designed. Mm-hmm. But like, wouldn't it be nice to get hints as to how to? to, oh, to we, attack them earlier that, in the game. We do that, yeah. yeah?
2: Well, a little bit. Uh, yeah, because like in, in the Culp Forest, again, uh, we have this, the three gruff catfish Yeah. Um, where they have helmets made of rock mm-hmm. um, and you can't shoot through them. Yeah. Um, but earlier in the game, there are fish that are just covered in rock that you cannot shoot through yeah. as well. Uh, and so like, we hope that it'll teach players that like you cannot deal damage to this. Aspect this part of the right, career. right, that's
0: introducing a mechanic and then paying it off. I, suppose, yeah. I think, I think, I mean, that's the thing, it's that is pretty close to this, mm-hmm. and, and that I guess that's my point is that yeah. they're not different, yeah, right, yeah. Um, but like, I'm thinking of some of the bosses that have different patterns, um, and what to expect from them. I mm-hmm. can't exactly ha- describe how you might tease these things, sure. but you know, you have um, dialogue that the characters say in between levels, and yes. it, presumably, if you have uh, interstitial cutscenes. Uh, where they, you know, where the characters talk about the enemies they're going to face, yeah. and you know, like this is the boss up ahead, and here's what we hear about him and stuff like that. Like those kinds of things can give the player hints to how to deal with them mechanically. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and they can yeah. and again, they can be kind of light, and they can be something that the player can. It's because the best moments are when the player's like, oh, like mm-hmm. you know, like in a way that's separate from just observing the boss or the behaviors, yeah. but in the like. Oh, from before. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Because it makes them feel smart too. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, that's the that's the real trick.
2: Yeah, to game devs. <laughs> the game dev life make them feel smart.
0: Yeah, and like what Martha you were saying about the hub world stuff. Like when you uncover secrets, you you know in your heart that they're meant to be found, but you still feel like you did something special. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're like I'm the only one who ever found this. <laughs> all and ever in the world and the developers didn't even know it was there <laughs> I
2: believe it you're pretty smart
1: that's a great note to end on <laughs> 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 That's our show. Uh, if you haven't already,
0: subscribe to Nice Games Club in your favorite podcast app. Be sure to give it a good review if you liked it, or a nice like us. We need to know you're out there, so leave a review and tell all your friends too. Uh, we also want to hear directly from you, so follow us on Twitter and all the other things at Nice Games Club. And you can email us with your topic suggestions and so forth at contact at nicegames.club. Lastly, you can find out more about the show and your nice host, as well as get all the links and show notes from this and other episodes at nicegames.club. So. Until we start again, remember to play nice
1: and make nice. Um, yes, I had another. One last point to make, though. Okay.
3: Um.